If someone had said to me ten years ago that I would be standing in a church pulpit delivering a sermon, I would have been incredulous and simply would not have believed it. I knew at that time I steadfastly did not want to touch organized religion with the proverbial barge pole. As far as I was concerned, religion was the biggest root root cause of dividing man from man in the world. I also thought church was full of people who took their fancy clothes to church on Sundays rather than themselves. However, life can take many strange turns and I find myself standing here as a worship committee member delivering a sermon about worship. As one does when confronted with a question these days, I consulted the all-knowing oracle, otherwise known as Google, to see if they define the word worship. Several definitions came up. One described worship as to love unquestionably and uncritically or to excess. Another said to venerate in an idolatrous manner. One said to show devotion to a deity or esoteric entity. Another said it meant attending religious services. And the last alternative defined worship as meaning feeling profound love and admiration. After thinking about those definitions, I realize I am uncomfortable with some of the connotations that relate to the word worship because they sound too much like orthodox religious practice for me to accept. Having been brought up in the Protestant Church of England faith until my teenage years, I realize I still carry some religious baggage. I still feel a little uneasy when we use traditional religious words in our services. It has taken me time to accept our ministers choosing to wear special clothes to conduct their services. Also, a previous minister often wore a long black robe with a fancy thing hanging around her neck. I thought, here we go again. This is just like the Church of England. (laughs) My view is, yes, they've been to seminary and have qualified to lead a religious congregation, but lots of other specially qualified people in other walks of life do not feel the need to distinguish themselves from anybody else just to let the world know they are qualified in this or that field. It is with this in mind I have to make a confession. When I hear words like church, benediction, sermon, preaching, worship host, and the call to worship spoken at UUCL, I silently translate them into my own terminology. Instead of church, I prefer to think of it as a fellowship hall. For benediction, I prefer to think of closing words. For sermon, I prefer to think of it as an address. And for worship host, I prefer service host. When we are called to worship, I think of it in terms of being called to take special time out of our lives to be mindfully grateful 
for the wonderful essence of life itself. I also think of worship as a means of strengthening our sense of connectedness despite our human differences and finding comfort in community. I was also apprehensive about being involved in religious rituals, but I soon became accustomed to and appreciated the importance of the symbolism of lighting candles, casting pebbles, sharing joys and concerns. As a result, I've stayed around and become part of this church. Despite the time I've spent as a worship committee member, listening and learning, I never stopped to think of who, what, why, or how effective our worship is. It was only through writing this sermon that I was forced to stop and think about these basic questions. I know some Unitarian Universalists don't come to church to worship God or gods in the traditional sense, but are open to learning the timeless wisdom from religious teachers from the past. So yes, let's learn from their wisdom, but I draw the line at worshipping them in that same traditional sense. We are together this morning, but the reasons why each of us came may be very different. Some of us come to church to take time out of our weekends to express gratitude for the abundance in our lives. Others come to appreciate the natural beauty of our surroundings. Many come to be warmed by the love of our friends and families. I think we can all benefit from times of reflection and to think of those things we are very grateful for. But is worship really the best word we can use to to describe what goes on every Sunday? I'm sure you agree that it is amazing how a small acorn under the right conditions can grow into a huge oak tree. Likewise, it is incredible how a sperm and egg can come together and produce the most intricate and complex machine on earth, the human body. In both these examples, the biology of reproduction is understood, but there is still an unexplainable mystery spark needed for the process to start. If we need to worship anything, I think the mystery and wonder of life itself is as good as anything else. Bread, this most basic of foodstuffs, has been used as a metaphor in religious circles as a form of deeper nourishment. It represents a feeding of our spirits through our time spent together in order to feel nourished, inspired and uplifted by the spirit of life and love. It can also symbolize the delights of being alive, the simple gifts of sunshine, laughter, kindness, cups of tea, and new ideas. Bread gets mentioned a lot in the Bible, both in the New Testament and in the Hebrew scriptures. Islam specifically requires its followers to show respect for bread as a basic and essential foodstuff. In our part of the world, 
The growing of wheat and making into bread is an ancient skill. No wonder then that it appears in our religious symbolism, just as Hinduism and Buddhism mention rice as the staple foodstuff of their region. And a bit like the discovery of how to make fire, the discovery that we could use wild yeast that naturally occurs on fruit to make a bread dough rise must rank highly in any list of human achievements. Metaphorically speaking, I feel I'm witness to bread making regularly here at UUCL. One example of our effective bread making starts when we provide a warm welcome to newcomers through our door, right through their journey to become members and friends. It can also be seen during our coming together while joys and concerns are expressed. It is also evident when we minister to our children and when we strive to promote justice in the world. To take it one step further, I see each one of us being a vital ingredient when mixed together can combine to create a healthy and wholesome bread. I'd like to relay an amusing story from the world of English football. <laughs> I've been a lifelong die-hard fan of my hometown club, Southampton. About 15 years ago, Southampton, otherwise known as the Saints, had a player called Matt Letizier. He was an amazing talent, and during many seasons, he almost single-handedly kept Saints from being relegated to a lower league. As a result of his outstanding skills, his nickname was Matt Lagod. When he had the ball, readying himself to take a corner or throw in, the home crowd would start mock worshipping him in this manner. The reason I bring up this story is because it illustrates all that is wrong with the idolatrous definition of worship. Although in another sense, it fits perfectly because it could be said that the crowd are communing together in delight at his skills. Here at UUCL, we use the worship word very freely. But what or whom are we worshipping? I prefer to think that I come to church to join together in communion with a lowercase c and fellowship rather than to worship. Whether it shines through by expressing our joys and concerns or through singing uplifting songs, I believe our church boils down to coming together as a whole so that our aspirations and search for harmony and truth in our lives is more achievable. There's another definition for worship I really like, which doesn't make me cringe at all. It says worship comes from two English words, worth, spelt W-E-O-R-T-H, which means worth, and Skype, spelt S-C-I-P-E, which means something like ship or quality. 
In other words, worship can be defined as the quality of having worth or of being worthy. When we worship, we are saying that it is, it is worthy to us and we express what is worthy to us in our seven principles. I was told by somebody on the worship committee that the process of writing a sermon is an opportunity for spiritual growth. I thought that sounded fine in theory, but I remained skeptical. However, I can truthfully say that writing this sermon has forced me to shake off my religious baggage and I've become much more comfortable using religious liturgy without conjuring up negative imagery from my past. The Unitarian Universalist yeast has certainly been effective when it comes to my own spiritual growth, and it it is an ongoing process where I'm sure I will never run out of yeast. A number of years ago, R.E.M. sang a famous song called Losing My Religion. In my case, I feel I lost my religion 40 years ago as a teenager, but over the last 10 years have found my path of spiritual discovery within these four walls. These four walls happen to to contain a church, so yes, I can say without hesitation that I'm very happy to go to a church to listen to sermons delivered by people wearing special clothes and, and worship my fellow Unitarian Universalists. However, after saying that, if there is ever a vote to change whether we change our name here at UUCL from, from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Loudoun to the Universalist Church sorry, Universalist Congregation of Loudoun, I would vote yes. The reason I say this is because the very church is the only only reason it took me so long to stumble upon Unitarian Universalism, and I wish I'd known about it earlier in my life. About 15 years ago, a neighbor invited me to attend a different local church, and it was the word church that made me decide to decline the offer. After all, the umbrella organization for Unitarian Universalists does not mention the word church. It is the Unitarian Universalist Association. Let it be so.